Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. church, but our purpose isn't necessarily just to be friendly, but to usher in the presence of God. That's what we desire, is the presence of God. That's what we care about. We want to see God move in everyone's life. So if this is your first time here, your second time here, your 800th time here, welcome. We're glad that you're here. I'm really glad that you're here this morning. It's tough to preach to a bunch of empty chairs. So thank you for being here. Amen? Amen. Praise God. We've been talking about the names of God, and because in the Bible, God goes by several names. Now, some of you know him as Jehovah, or in in, uh, Genesis, he's called Yahweh or Elohim. Sounds kind of fancy when I say it like that, right? Elohim. And he's known by those names. But he's also known by more affectionate names. We've been talking about this over the past few weeks. We talked about God being called Jehovah Jireh. And that word Jireh means provider. And it's really not necessarily a name of God. It's more of a characteristic of God, right? Now, isn't it great to know that God's characteristic, something that defines who he is, is God who is a provider, Now, don't we need provision in today's world? Has anybody gotten their fuel bill lately? I got mine yesterday. I cried a little bit. That's not including what the church gets, amen? By the way, I misspoke last week. I want to correct myself. I said that our fuel bill is around $6,000 so far. It's actually $5,500. So I wanted to correct myself just to be accurate. And so we get our fuel bill, and and we worry about these things, and we stress out, and we fill up our car with gas, and and or as I call it, liquid gold. And it's hard to, to uh, not worry about these things. And, and I want to tell you this morning, it's good to know for those of us who serve God, we understand that God is our provider. Amen? We also understand that God is Jehovah Rapha, which means healer. In other words, God heals my body. Amen? And I'm not talking about just the physical. I'm talking about the emotional and the spiritual. God has restored me. To him, and that is a healing. Brothers and sisters, I will not die. Amen? Now, let me explain myself, because some of you are thinking, what? That's not true. My physical body may die, but my soul will begin to live with God in heaven one day. Amen? I go straight from this earth to ascend to the heaven with my Father and Jesus, and I will be joined with him. That's what it means to be healed. Amen? But see, in his graciousness, God also heals our body. Amen? I've heard people that has received healing from cancer, who has received healing from all kinds of disease and cold, broken relationships. Did you know God can heal marriages? Did you know that? Let me say that again because I think we forget that sometimes. Did you know God can heal marriages? Did you know God can heal finances? Do you know God can heal things in your life that you need healing from? Amen? God can touch you this morning. We talked about the Lord is my shepherd. And I'm not going to go over all the names. I'm just going to hit a few of what he is. The Lord is my shepherd. That's based on Psalms 23. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. Praise God. He guides me. He comforts me. And sometimes that means he needs to correct me. Anybody else need correction sometimes? I know I do. I am, I am what they call stubborn. Anybody else in this room willing to admit they're stubborn like I am? 
My wife is back there praising God right now for me to admit that I'm stubborn. Amen. It's a long time coming. <laughs> Amen. I see some husband and wives looking at each other going, mm-hmm, that's you. <laughs> Amen. I'm stubborn, right? I, I like to tell God, I like to tell God, God, I know what I'm doing. And God just sits back and laughs because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing sometimes, right? But I'm glad we have a gracious God that loves us, amen? Forgives me of my, of my shortcomings, amen? We have a God. And I really want you to hear me when I say this this morning. Through the characteristics of his name that we've been learning, we have a God who wants a relationship with you. I'm going to say that one more time. Because I really want you to hear what I'm saying today. The Lord wants a relationship with you. Now, a relationship does not mean you only see each other on the weekends. He wants every day with you. He wants every moment with you. He wants all your time. And I realize we'll say, wait a minute, God, I can't give you all that. But we can. We can. Amen. I give my wife all of myself, but yet I'm also able to give myself to the church and to my friends and people that need it, amen? And my wife expects nothing less of me than everything, right? God has given his son for us, and therefore he wants everything from us. He wants that relationship with us. Remember in the garden, he used to come down and talk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day, but that was broken the moment that sin came in through the eating of the forbidden fruit. God wants that relationship with you today. And can I tell you what comes through that relationship? I'm going to go back and say it again. Provision comes. Healing comes. Amen? All those things that God is comes into your life because that's who God is. Amen? Praise God. It's, it's like having a rich friend who loves you more than they love themselves almost, who wants to give you stuff, who wants to take care of you. That's the kind of relationship that you can have with God. Now, I'm not meaning to say that it's a one-sided relationship, that he just gives you whatever you want. I'll never say that or mean to imply it because we, too, have to turn ourselves to him. Amen? And I'm going to tell you this morning, when you turn yourself to him, then there's something magical happens. When you turn yourself to him, something magical happens. All of a sudden, the other relationships in your life begin to heal. Amen? I want to tell you today, I've seen marriages restored. I've seen people who hate each other restored. When you turn to Jesus, Amen. when you turn to Jesus, See, that's why I don't care what people look like when they come into church. We're not, nobody's here to judge you for who you are or what you've done. Because some of us have done much, much worse. Some of us have done things that nobody knows about. There's things in my life that none of you know about. And we're going to keep it that way. Amen. I don't want the police to find out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I thought that last part. We don't, we don't judge you who you are or what you look like. We welcome you in the house of God. Amen. We don't care what color you are. We don't care what gender you are. We don't even care if you're confused about your gender. Now, does that mean we condone those things? Absolutely not. But we're still going to love you. Amen. We're still going to reach out to you and let you know, hey, no matter who you are, we care about you. See, that's what a Christian does. That's what a Christian does. A Christian loves. You know what love means? Love means having affection for someone without precondition. Love means caring for someone even when you don't agree with them. See, that's the problem the church has had today is that we've, we've got on this train that we have to be right. Listen, I don't have to be right. I just have to serve God because he is right. Amen. I just have to serve God. It doesn't matter about some of these things, amen? What matters is that we love one another and we care for one another, amen? Is that we show each other, as I drop my glasses, we care for each other and we lift one another up, amen? When you come into church, it's more than just a hospital. It's a place of healing. It's a place of hope. It's a place that you can come when maybe you don't know what else to do. It's a place that you can come when you feel like nobody loves you. 
It's a place that you can come without feeling judged. Some people come to me and they say, I feel judged when I come to church. And I'm going to tell you, it's not necessarily the people that make you feel that way. It's our own sin that makes us feel judged. Amen? But guess what? Let me tell you today. There is a God that heals us from that sin. And see, what the devil does is the devil, the devil likes to remind you of your sin, don't he? Anybody had that happen? He likes to wake you up and say, hey, you remember 15 years ago when you did this? You remember last night when you yelled at somebody or you did this? Remember you did this? And see, that's what the devil does. He's good at reminding you of what you've done. But let me tell you, let me challenge you to ask Jesus today. You know what he's going to say? I don't remember. I don't remember. As a matter of fact, he's going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. Because that sin that you have when you ask forgiveness of me is under my blood and I see it no more. Amen. He, uh, we are under his blood. Now that doesn't mean I want you to go out and sin more like Paul said. We're not supposed to go out and just do things because we love doing it. We do. We stop doing those things because of what God has done for us. Amen. amen. Listen, you don't have to change to come to God. Come to God and he'll change you. Amen. amen. That's what happens. People come to me and they say, well, pastor, do I have to give up my lifestyle? My response is no. Do I have to quit smoking? No. Do I have to stop doing this? No. Because you know what? When you come to God, you want to stop doing it. I don't need to tell you to do that. Amen. I don't need to come down on you and tell you this and that. But the Holy Spirit of God gets a hold of your heart. And he speaks to you. And you say, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to have this lifestyle anymore. But even when we mess up. And do things we shouldn't do. There's an advocate. There is an advocate. Our Father. That goes to our Father. Jesus. And it's great because we have. The Bible talks about two advocates. We have, the, we have Jesus advocating for us. And then we have the Holy Spirit interceding for us. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? The devil goes to God and said, hey, look at what they did. And the Holy Spirit's like, come on, God. They're trying. And then Jesus said, you know what? They're not guilty anymore because they're under my blood. Amen. Isn't that awesome what God does for us? I want to tell you today, listen. I don't know why sinners exist. Why live in that lifestyle of guilt and frustration? Why not... Convert yourself to God, allow him to convert you and realize that when you go to God, it doesn't mean that your problems are going to stop. But let me tell you, you've got someone on your side who is with you and who will get you through it. Amen. Listen, God never forsakes us, but God joins us. Praise God. Last one we're going to talk about today concludes our series on the name of God. It says, the Lord is there. Amen. I don't know about you, but I feel the presence of the Lord this morning. I feel the presence of the Lord. It says in Ezekiel chapter 48, 35, and this is literally the last verse in this long book. It says, all the way around shall be 18,000 cubits. And the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there. Now, let me give you a little bit of background on what's going on here. At that time that Ezekiel wrote this and he saw this vision, there was a lot of pain and a lot of sorrow because of what had been done to the Jewish people. The northern kingdom, which was Israel, had been taken away and then nearly annihilated by the Assyrians. And that was the result of years of idol worship. God had warned them through prophets, you need to change, you need to stop. And every now and then there would be a little bit of a revival, just like Elijah on Mount Carmel, there'd be a little bit of a revival, but then the Israelites would turn around and they would go back to what they were doing. And brothers and sisters, I have seen that in the church today. God comes down and he stirs the waters in the church and people come up and they cry and they weep and they moan, they ask God to forgive them, but then they turn around and they go back to what they were doing. And not just them, but their children too. Do you know why we have children's church? 
It's not babysitting purposes. The children downstairs are learning how to worship. Amen. You saw that last week. Amen. The children downstairs are learning about God. You know what I would love? is if the Holy Ghost poured out upon our children and they began speaking in tongues and worshiping God and it overflowed up here. I would love that because I want our children yeah. to know God. Amen. I want them to know God. Amen. But praise God, God tried to warn them through the prophets and, and sometimes they yielded and other times they just killed the prophets. The time of Ezekiel, the southern kingdom, which was Judah and Benjamin, in which Jerusalem was a part of that, was partially exiled to Babylon. Babylon came in and, and took away most of the people, exiled them. Can you imagine that happening today here in Judah? A foreign power coming in and taking away our people? You know, as I say that, some of us know what that feels like. Some of us understand that. There was hurt there. There was pain. There was sorrow. They saw their people being destroyed. And the way the Babylonians came in is when they, when they would come in and they would fight, they would take people and they would skin them alive and leave them in the desert. That's the way they hurt people. That's the way they took over. They would, they would take women who were pregnant. They would rip open in their bellies and expose the child who would die. They were a brutal people. And brothers and sisters, I want to tell you today that we live in a brutal world. Amen? We live in a world that does not care for us, does not care for you. As a matter of fact, there was a council person in one city who says, we don't need to hire Christian teachers. That's an offense to me. And they were voted against hiring Christian Christian teachers just because they were Christian. That's where this world is coming to, brothers and sisters. They are rejecting us. They are rejecting God. Amen? And that's what happened here is they, do, they were trying to destroy Jerusalem. They were trying to destroy the Jews. The rest of it would come later through a final destruction. In this final destruction, it was because the king at the time, he was a puppet king. He was installed by the Babylonian king just to manage things. But they had, they had a rebellion. And they said, we want to throw off our chains and, and we want to be our own people. See, that sounds great, right? That sounds great. We don't want anybody ruling over us. The problem is they didn't do it under God. They did it under themselves. For too long, the church has tried to rebel against the things of the world, but they're not doing it by God's spirit. They're doing it on their own, brothers and sisters. If we want to shack or, or bruise the shackles of the world in the church, then we need to have a revival in the church today. Amen? We need to have a revival where God moves. See, I don't need you to come down here and me and cast out a demon of you of smoking or alcohol. I don't need to do that. Listen, I can do it if we need to, but I'm telling you what needs to happen is holy men and women of God need to get a hold of God and say, I want to change. Amen. We don't need to send people to some kind of conversion camp. We need people to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need people to be touched by God. We don't need to do half the things that churches are doing. We need a move of God. Amen. Well, that's what we need to depend on. We don't need some fancy speaker getting up here and saying the right words. We don't need people coming up here and pretending to dance around when that's not of God what they're doing because they're doing it in the flesh. We need people to have a genuine moment and experience with God. Amen. We, hallelujah. We need a genuine moment. Anybody tired like me of seeing fakery in church? Come on now. I've been to churches all my life and I've seen it all. I've seen people throw their hair up in a bun, shake their hair, lose all their bobby pins, and proclaim the glory of God, and they go up and gossip about their neighbors until next Sunday. Let me tell you, that's not of God. That's of the devil. Amen? I want to tell you, when God gets a hold of your heart, when God gets a hold of your heart, you know how, I'm going to tell you how you know God's gotten a hold of a church, is that you love your neighbor. Whew. That means if your neighbor is not the same color as you. That means if your neighbor believes differently than you do. That means if your neighbor has an alternative lifestyle from you. Am I justifying any of those things? Absolutely not. But you know what Jesus did? 
Jesus loved the tax collector, amen? amen? Jesus loved the tax collector. Jesus loved the terrorist. He had a terrorist that was a disciple. Jesus loved everybody. He reached out to everybody. Oh, if the church would just reach out. Amen. If the church would just love. Amen. If the church would just show people that it's okay. See, I'm crazy. And I'm weird. I'm admitting that. But I just happen to believe when you love people. And you show them that God loves them. That they want to serve God. Most people don't serve God because they feel like God's mad at them. Did you know that? Most people think that God is mad at them and will never accept them. Can I tell you, that's a lie invented by hell itself. There is not one person in this room, not one person that God does not accept and love. There is not one person in this room God did not die for on the cross. Amen. There is not one person. Amen. There is not one person. There is not one person in this room. That God didn't look down and say, oh, I love that person. Oh, I care about them so much. And I've said it before because I've heard it. I've said, if you were the only one, praise God, that needed saving, he would send his son again to die for you. If you were the only one, he would do it. Amen. But see, the sins of the people cause God's glory to depart, Judah. That's why Babylon was able to come in. See, what they were doing is they were bringing idols into the temple. They were bringing idols in the temple, and they were worshiping those idols. I don't, I'm not going to have the verse up here. I want them to leave that verse up. Ezekiel 10, 18, it says, Then the glory of the Lord departed from the threshold of the temple and stood over the cherubim. You know the problem with that that happened is people who were there at that time didn't even know that God departed. Didn't even know. Brothers and sisters, how many churches across America today, the glory of God, the glory of God has departed because we've allowed things in the church that don't need to be there. Amen. We've allowed practices within the church that don't need to be there. We've allowed our music program to be more important than the word. Amen. We've allowed other things to come into the church that are not of God. Let me tell you something. In this church, and it will be here as long as I'm here, and I pray that it's afterwards, whatever glorifies God, that will we do. If it does not glorify, we will not do. And just to be clear, I have, no bo- I have no problem coming up to the pulpit and pulling someone aside if they say something that's not of God. You know why? Because this pulpit is important. This pulpit is important, amen? We need to serve God. I don't want, I don't want the glory of God to depart from here, amen? Listen, I, I don't know about you. Maybe I'm the only one this morning, but I don't think that I am. I need God in my life, amen? I need God in my life, amen? But the problem with the people at that time is they got their eyes off of God because the enemy was coming and they were scared. Man, I tell you what, it's hard not to watch the news today and not get a little scared, doesn't it? Come on now. It's hard not to watch the news and not feel a little nervous, a little anxious, amen? It's hard not to watch the news when you don't know what's going to happen. And I don't have to blame the Democrats. I'm going to blame the Republicans. Our whole government is messed up, amen? And it's not just at the federal level. It's at the state level. It's at the local level. Every person that I can see, and I'm I'm sure maybe there's people there who are honest, but they've become corrupted, haven't they? They're looking after their own way. I want to tell you, the church is the one shining light in the world today. We have to be that way, amen? We have to be that way. I'm going to call out some things that the church does that needs to change. The church needs to be quick, worried about the numbers. I'm going to say that again. A church needs to quit worrying about the numbers who come to church and instead more worried about how are you leaving here? How are you leaving here? 
See, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I take it personally when someone leaves here who's not saved. I take it personally. I say, Lord, what did I do? Lord, what did I do? God, I want everybody to be saved. And I realize it's not my fault. They need to make a decision. But that's what bothers me. It bothers me when someone leaves here and they didn't receive from God. I want all of you to feel what I'm feeling. Amen? I want you to feel this great moment that I have with God, this experience that I have with God. And most of all, I want you to grow in God. Amen? See, this is a lifestyle. What we're doing here is trying to get you closer to him. Amen? Getting closer to him is tough. You know why? Because he's like a big flashlight. You know what I mean by a big flashlight? Is when his light comes on, it begins to show you who you really are. We have this mirror in our house. I call it the devil's mirror. Because it's so bright because of the light. It shows me for what I really look like in the morning when I wake up. The bathroom light. It's just bright. And it shows me for the 52-year-old man that I am. In my mind, I look 18, 20 years old. My body sometimes feels like a 65, but we're not going to get into that. But I look at myself in the mirror and I go, oh, dear God, I've gotten old. <laughs> Lord, help me. And I don't like that mirror. Sometimes I want to put a towel across it because I don't like what it's showing me. And I try to avoid that mirror. I'll walk by it. I kind of look the other way. And then I catch a glimpse of myself and I start crying again. Brothers and sisters, that's what it's like being in the presence of God. He causes us to be emotional because he shows us who we are. And the Lord is not doing this to make us feel condemned because there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But he shows us so that we can correct it with his help and become the people of God that he wants us to become. Amen. In Ezekiel 33, 25 through 26, he says, this is what you did. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, you eat meat with blood. You lift up your eyes toward your idols and shed blood. Should you then possess the land? You rely on your sword to commit abominations and you defile one another's wives. Should you possess the land? See, the Israelites were operating under these false pretenses. In 2 Samuel, the Lord gave a prophecy to David. It's called the Davidic Covenant. And he says, you're going to have someone, an uh, heir of David, you're going to have an heir of David on the throne forever. And the children of Israel took that to mean that them as a nation were going to be established forever. They would never not be a nation. They would always have a king on the throne. And so whenever the prophets would come and say, change, 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 they would say, well, we don't have to because God said this. The problem is the promise was made to David, not Israel. The problem we have in the church today is too many pastors and evangelists have taken the word of God and they've twisted the meaning to try to make themselves puffed up and get more followers. I'm so sick of people looking for followers. You know what? We need to quit worrying about having followers of us and make them people have following of Jesus Christ. Amen? Listen, I don't need you to follow me on Facebook. I don't, I don't care if you follow me on Twitter or whatever social media is out there. I want you to follow God. Amen? Listen, I, it's not about my word that I have this morning. It's about the word of God. Amen? And I'm tired of preachers twisting the word of God for their own benefit, for their own glory, for their own edification, for their own puffing up. Listen, it's not about me being puffed up. As a matter of fact, there's more times often than not that I leave this pulpit so tired and so drained from giving the word of God, and that's the way that it should be, amen? But I want to tell you this morning, it is time for the people to stop following a man's word that's been twisted and read for themselves what God has to say, amen? I've never, I've never seen anybody go astray when they read and study the word of God. I don't mean once a year opening his book, okay? I mean daily. Well, pastor, I don't understand it. 
Well, then get a Bible you can understand, and I can help you with that. I can help you. Not everybody understands King James Version. I don't understand King James Version. There's other versions out there, amen, and I can help you with that. We can help you with that. We actually have Bibles here. We can help you with that. But you daily read the Word of God. You daily, and when you do that, when you do that, He begins to open His Word to you. He begins to share with you. I said this last week. I would much rather the Lord open his word to me and reveal something than someone come to me and speak a word over me. You know, people do that. They say, I have a word from you from the Lord. Listen, if you have a word from me from the Lord, tell me where it's at in the Bible and I'll go look at it. Amen. That's the way I have to be. Because I want God's word to speak to me, you know. I'm trying to speak God's word to you this morning. I'm, don't worry, I'm getting to the part where God said he would be there. Now in Jerusalem, the temple, which was the very symbol of God, was destroyed. And the land was laid waste. And as you read through some of the scripture, some of these questions come up from people that were there. And maybe some of these questions kind of speak to you right now. Because there's times that our very foundation of everything we believe in gets laid waste, doesn't it? There's times when everything that we hold dear is taken away. There's times that everything that we believe in is challenged and we wonder where God is. They ask questions like this to say, did God fail us? That's a serious question, isn't it? Did God fail us? Could God be defeated? Maybe the devil is stronger than God. Maybe, maybe the devil just beat him this one time. Or was this truly the God from Exodus or were those just stories that were made up? When I was younger, my grandfather would tell me stories of the old Pentecostal church. He told me how, and, I, and I've heard of these stories firsthand. And my aunt told me the story is how she was so overcome with the Holy Ghost that she ran up and started playing the piano beautifully. And she had never had a lesson in her life. People, they would put their hands on stoves and they wouldn't get burned. Now, I don't know why they did that. I just know they did it. That seems kind of weird to me. They would, they would spend hours and hours at the church as the Holy Ghost was being poured out. See, I'm glad they have those stories. But you know something? I want my own story. I want my own story. I want, you know what I want? I want God to bring healing and restoration to the people of Juno. I want, I want people to know what it means to feel like they're not second class and to know that they're loved by God. There is no one above anybody here. We are all equal. I don't care what color you are. We are equal. And if anybody else has made you feel less than, that is not of God. I don't care what position they were in. That is not of God. Amen. I want there to be healing in the house of God today. And when I know that there's healing, I know that more revival is going to come. Because healing produces a fruit of forgiveness. Amen. And that forgiveness, that forgiveness for one another, forgiveness over people that hurt you or maybe didn't hurt you but hurt someone that you love. Let me tell you something. You hurt someone I love, like my wife or my daughter or my son, you and I might have some issues, right? But I still have to forgive you, amen? And that's what I'm talking about is forgiveness and holiness in the house. It's loving those who've hurt you. As a matter of fact, did Jesus not say, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing? A lot of people have acted out of ignorance, haven't they? Can we just call it ignorance? No, you know another word for ignorance is? Stupidity. 
I'm not excusing anybody. I'm saying that we need to fall under the blood of Jesus and someone rise up and be the big person, so to speak, and say, I forgive them, amen? I forgive those who have hurt me. I forgive them. Praise God. And when you do that, getting a little ahead of myself, I am ready for my own story. I'm going to ask this question. Don't raise your hand. But just hear me. Who wants God to move in their life? Amen. Who wants God to yeah. do something? Amen? Amen. Now, some of you don't even know what that means. And that's, listen, let's kind of imagine what that means for a moment, okay? Let's imagine what it means for God to move in your life. That means every relationship that you have that was broken has now been restored. That means your finances are taken care of. You may not have all the money in the world, but the Lord brings you and takes care of you. Amen? That means that those that you had trouble with, you have love for them again. Amen? That means you walk with him and you talk with him and he tells you that you are his own, amen? That means that you're able to walk in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit walks with you and though, even though you've been hurt, you go to people and they try to talk about somebody and you say, listen, I don't gossip, I pray. Let's pray right now in the name of Jesus, amen? That means people aren't talking about you, they're talking about, well, other things. Listen. I know I'm a little crazy this morning, okay? When we give ourselves to God, we have our own story. Yeah. We have our own story. We <laughs> All right, God, I'm trying. We have our own story. Yeah. That means when somebody asks me what's going on in your life, I said, okay, let me tell you. Listen, I was down a few years ago. People were telling me I was no good. People was telling me that I, I couldn't do anything right. But somehow in God's grace, he lifted me up and put me on a rock. Amen. Somehow in God's grace. By the way, what I just said was true. People were telling me that I was no good. People were telling me that I couldn't make it. I know you look at me, you think, Pastor, you've always been perfect. Because I look good. No. I mean, I look good, but not because of that. People were telling me, this needs to happen to you. We don't, we don't think you're ever going to do this. And God looked at me and says, well, that's not my plan. Yeah. See, the devil meant something for you that was not good. And the Lord said, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. That's my child. I'm going to turn it around. Yeah. I'm going to turn it around. I'm going to show everybody that that's my child. Amen. Yeah. Do you think that God did that for me because I'm something special? I am, but so are you. Amen. There's everybody here. You're all When I say you're special, I don't mean that negatively. I mean that positively. You're endearing to him. He loves you, but I want my own story. Amen. I got to get going. I got to hurry. I got another hour left. We're good? <laughs> See, The one thing that we always ask when we're going through stuff, where's God? Where's God? Have you felt that? When life's at its lowest, when our people are hurting, when my family's hurting, when the bills come in and you got more bills than you do money, Anybody else there with me? You got more bills than you do money? Where is God? But see, that's not the end of the story. Because see, God had a plan. Come on now. God had a plan. I love that song, Waymaker. He says, even when you think he's not working. Even when you think he's not working, he's doing it. I'm not quoting it verbatim because I'm terrible with words. I just make up my own words to songs sometimes because I can't remember it. But God will make a way when there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot say, see, God will make a way for me. 
He will be my guide. Lead me to the other side. Amen. I'm telling you, brothers, God has a plan. Amen. I believe that God wants to bring healing to the people of Juno. Amen. I believe that God wants to bring restoration to the people of Juno. I believe God wants to take away the stigma. I believe God wants to take away the affront. He wants to remove the curse. He wants to remove those things that have been said. And he wants to restore in a mighty way. Amen. I believe that God wants to do some things. And I know revival is coming. And that just is a part of it. Beginning in chapter 40. Amen. God begins to tell the story of a new city and a new temple. And here's where it gets exciting. Anybody ever been to a new home before? You don't see them a lot here in Juneau because there's only so many homes. Have you ever traveled or been into a home that's been newly constructed? You kind of smell that new home smell? You come to my home and it smells like three dogs because that's what I have. Nothing I can do about that. That's just how it is, right? You, you, when you go to a home, you know right away whether someone has dogs or whether they have babies, right? It just, that's just the way the house smells, right? When you talk about going into a new home, it has that new home smell, right? But God begins to talk about a new city and a new temple. Now, this vision that Ezekiel had, it happened in the 28th year of captivity. In other words... God didn't reveal the restoration process to nearly halfway through their captivity. Some of you have been dealing with your captivity of your heart for a long time. And God is ready to show you his redemptive power. God is ready to show you, hey, I've got something new for you. God is ready to show you it's not going to always be this way. Amen. At some point, we got to realize that our life is not always meant to be sad and gloomy. Amen? As Christians, as believers, our life is meant to be full of joy, not sorrow. It is needed to be full of hope, not pain. Amen? The Bible says in Revelation that he will wipe away every tear. Amen? That means what's going to happen is we're going we're gonna to be sad and we want to cry. And God's like, no, 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 no. No crying here. We're in the presence of me. You need to be happy and joyful. Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, God's presence is in this room today. It is a time to look up for your redemption drawing nigh. Amen? And I, I don't have time to talk about the building described by God, but it describes a new Jerusalem. And we see something in the new Jerusalem, and this is something I want to talk about. And this, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, this is going to make some of us uncomfortable. He talks about the healing waters. He talks about... And, and I don't have time to tell you where it's at, but I just want to touch on it briefly. He talks about the healing waters that flow from the throne room of God. And you see the same healing waters in Revelation, and there's, there's a special mention of healing for the nations. See, some of you know where I'm going with this, don't you? Healing for the nations. We have nations represented here today. Can I tell you, I'm not talking about America. I'm not talking about America, although America is a nation. I'm talking about nations that are represented today. There's going to be healing come to the nations, amen? There's going to be healing come to the nations, amen? Praise God. Listen, the revival that started Pentecostalism in America was at Azusa Street in California. You know who was at Azusa Street? The people who are considered the rejects by the Christian elite. African Americans were there. People of no wealth, of no reputation. But they were a people who sought God. They were a people who wanted God with all their hearts. And what happened is, is they saw God and they prayed. 
The Spirit of God came down and descended upon them, and the Holy Ghost was poured out, and it has not stopped being poured out across this world because young people, old people, women, men, they got into the presence of God, and God did it not based on their color, but he did it because nobody said he could. Amen. We somehow have this, this feeling in America and the churches that God can only come to our church because we're proper. We wear the right clothes, or we have the right music, or we do this, or we that. Listen, God doesn't care about any of those things. He cares about the heart, amen? That's what he cares about. And I know some of you are hurting this morning. I'm trying not to yell. I'm sorry. I get excited. I'm trying to bring it back a little bit. But I know some of your heart is hurting. And I want to tell you that the doctor is in the house today. He is here to help your hurting heart. He is here to help your hurting. Oh, man, praise God. Oh, God, help me. He's, he wants to help your hurting heart. And not just your hurting heart, but the heart of your people. The heart of your people. Marriages this morning, he wants to help. Relationships, he wants to help. Finances, he wants to help. Man, I want God to move in your heart. I want him to do something new that's never been done before. Well, Pastor, I've been hurt by church before. Hey, listen, join the list. We've all been hurt by church. We've all been hurt by church. There was a time that I stepped away from God for a while. I was called to preach, and I stepped away from God because of things that people did to me. The whole time, God kept calling me back. He said, come on, you know that wasn't me. I didn't do that to you. They did that. Well, God, I want you to eat them up with worms and rain down fire upon them. God says, no, that's not your call. I'm going to tell you what I want you to do is I want you to forgive them. Seriously, God? God, do you, do you remember what they did to me? God, do you remember how they treated my son? Do you remember that, God? I was there. But you need to forgive them. Man, there's been so many things done in the name of Jesus that Jesus was nowhere near, including Pentecostal churches. Let me tell you, if something is of Jesus, that means he is going to be glorified, not, not the preacher. We've had, we've had people who claim to be ministers act inappropriately in church. I'm not talking about necessarily this church. I'm just talking about in general. Doing things. They, every week I hear stories of a youth pastor or a pastor being caught in some kind of moral failure. That's not of God. Amen. What is of God is conviction in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And that's what God is trying to develop in us. If we will just accept what he's doing and wade into those healing waters and let his spirit flow, then there's going to be a healing for the nation. Amen. There's going to be healing in the nation. There's going to be healing for the clinket people. There's going to be healing for the Haida people. There's going to be healing for the Shimshin people, for the Haitian people, for the white people. There's going to be healing for those people who are maybe a combination of all five. There's going to be healing, amen? amen. Healing for the nations. What happens is God proclaims healing. And then he says, this city, this city, it was called Jerusalem before, but now it's going to be called by my name. Oh, praise God. <laughs> See, the problem with church is that we're so quick to promote who we are, we forgot whose we are. We forgot whose we are. You know what? I don't, I don't want people to call us the Glacier Valley Church of God. You know what I want them to call us? Hey, that's our church where God is. Yeah. 
That's what I want, amen? Hey, listen, I'd be careful when you go over there. There's something weird going over there. I went in there and I felt all kinds of something, and I wanted to worship God, but I was afraid. I want them to come in here and say, I felt something, amen? I felt something. <laughs> see, some of you, some of you don't see what I see because I'm up here. I've seen people literally get up and run out. I was going to go chase them, and I thought that would be kind of weird from up here. Praise God. Some people are going to run out, amen? And that's okay. They'll come back. I'm not worried about that. I pray they find God. But I don't want to be called the Glacier Valley Church of God. I want to be the church where God is, amen? Listen, when God comes into your life, when God comes into your life, his name is applied to you. And I listen, I don't want to be called... Pastor Keith Green, now hear me out. I'm not telling you not to call me that, but just listen to what I'm saying. I don't want to be called Pastor Green. I want them to look at me and say, hey, that's the man of God. That's who God owns, amen? I want to be able to walk into a room, not that people look at me, but they immediately feel the convicting power of God. And they say, what yeah. must I do to be saved? And brothers and sisters, if we all had that, if we walked into Fred Myers and all of a sudden there was a revival in Fred Myers, amen? Yeah. Praise God. Wouldn't it be awesome if there was a revival in Fred Myers? Yeah. Maybe they yeah. lower their prices. <laughs> somebody, said, somebody said, preach it. <laughs> Listen, what if there was a revival in Safeway? We can find where our stuff is at that point, right? Listen, what if there was a revival in IGA, whatever, IJ's Foodland or whatever? What if there was a revival in McDonald's? Man. That's a lot to ask. Praise God, but he can do it, amen? What if, there's, what if you and I met in a store somewhere, somewhere, and we started talking, and we started talking about the Lord? And the Holy Spirit came down, and people walked by and says, I don't know what you're talking about, but I need some of that, amen? And I will tell you, silver and gold, have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. Rise up in the name of Jesus. Because see, people around you are crippled in their hearts. You ever met someone who has mobility issues? They have a hard time getting around, don't they? They're struggling. Now see, that kind of pain, you and I can see with our eyes, but there's some people who are having that way internally. I don't want to lose anybody else to suicide. By the way, I'm pretty blunt. I think you guys know that, right? I'm going to call it like it is. I'm tired of losing people to suicide because they think they can't go on anymore. Why do people get that way? It's because they've given up hope. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know right now, we have a hope. Last verse as they play some music for me. Jeremiah 1.10. See, I have this day set over you, the, excuse me, set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Brothers and sisters, sometimes, sometimes we need to let God root out those things in us that are keeping us from him. Can I say that again? We need to root those things out. And some of those things are hard to root out, aren't they? Has anybody ever tried to pull weeds out of the ground? I got a certain place in my yard where weeds love to grow. And I try to pull the weeds out, and I feel like there's somebody on the other side pulling against me. And sometimes I think I'm successful in pulling the weed out because I got some of the roots, but the weed grows back because I didn't get all of the roots. Brothers and sisters, the only way you're going to deal with the things in your life is you let God do it. You got to let God move in your life. Destroy and throw down. You know, the only thing that I've seen that, that can destroy something is fire. On my way home, I live off of uh, 
Birch Road, uh, Birch Road in Columbia. But on my way home on Mendenhall Boulevard, a house burned down last year. Destroyed it. Hardly anything left of it. Fire destroys. You know, the Holy Ghost is a fire. The Holy Ghost is a fire. And when I talk about destroy here, I'm not talking about destroying you. I'm talking about destroying the deep-rooted sin that we have, that we have to get rid of. How many of you know that you were born with that deep-rooted sin? You're born with the desire to do things wrong, not do things right. How many, how many think it's easier to lie than tell the truth sometimes, right? We're born with that desire to sin. The last thing is to build and to plant. See, brothers and sisters, once God removes those things in our life, that hurt, that pain, that sorrow, you know what he does? He begins to build you back up in his image. I'm going to say that again. He begins to build you back up in his image. He begins to restore you. He begins to love on you. He begins to bring you peace. Peace is not some fairy tale. Amen? Peace is not some fairy tale. Peace is a real thing for you. But some of us are so caught up in our troubles, we think that's the only way. Can I tell you, you don't have to live that way anymore. You don't, you don't have to live a life of sorrow and pain anymore. Now, that does not mean that as a Christian, you'll never experience pain. But there's something different about being with Jesus when you go through pain. Is he walks with you. And he helps you. And everybody to stand with me if you can. You're good, Lord. You're good, Lord. I thank you. You're good, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I want you to go and turn off the music. Make sure my keyboard is on, please. Everybody bow their heads, please. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel his mighty power and his grace. I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Do you know the song? Sing it with me. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can feel the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this
Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.